Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight on tonight's Got Pain podcast. This is going to be a real adventure for me and Dr. Alex, and I hope that he's got something to bring to the table tonight because, quite frankly, uh, to be completely transparent, I'm going to talk about nothing. So uh, I guess with that, I'm going to kick it over to Dr. Alex and let him kind of get started, and uh, I'll continue talking about nothing a little later on. All right, and Tim, I want you to know that I have rebelled tonight. This is the first night I've not worn a black shirt. Oh, I should have caught you on that. I should have got and, you. I didn't even notice. And see, I, ladies and gentlemen, I thought I was going to, uh, that was going to be a big change up on Tim and throw him off, but he beat me to it because uh, I shaved my beard off and now he's got one. So, <laughs> so I went for the first time away from black and but he uh beat me on the beard no beard so anyway i'm getting ready to drop out of society this is gonna be how i blend in all right so uh dr tim said uh I i'm alex lloyd uh the good looking guy in black is dr tim adair and um we're thrilled to be with you tonight and he said we've got we're talking about nothing and that's a little bit of a of a joke um because what we're talking about tonight it's no joke, Alex. I'm talking about nothing. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, I'm talking uh, primarily about intermittent fasting. And please don't click off when you hear that because you think you know everything about it. I think we're going to share some things you don't know. And where I'm going to start is I started doing this about five years ago. And if you go and look at pictures of me or videos, um, you will notice a difference in me today from five years ago. And I quit counting at like 500 people who have asked me over five years, um, how did you lose weight? And if you look at my pictures about five years ago, I weighed 180 something pounds. I'm five foot 10, or at least I used to be. I may be a little shorter than that now. I've shrunk probably a little in my uh, older age. But uh, when I was young, I was chubby. Uh, some of you have heard this, that, it, and I absolutely hated this, Tim. When my mom took me shopping, which was usually right before school started in the fall for some uh, school clothes, we okay. would always get we would always get blue jeans, right? I mean, the way I grew up, all the guys pretty much wore blue jeans. There were a few that wore khakis, but not many. Uh, almost all of us wore blue jeans. Well, the bad thing about me for that is that when we would get to the store, my mom and the salesperson would direct us every single time to the husky section. Oh, I don't know that they even have a Husky section today. That's politically incorrect now. Oh, is it? Okay. But back then, there was a Husky section. And what it meant is that you're not necessarily fat, but you're chubby. Okay? So I was chubby through uh, elementary school, junior high school. And then in junior high school, I started working out like a madman because I kind of made a life vow that nobody's ever going to make fun of me again for being overweight. And so mm -hmm. I started running six to 12 miles a day, did that for 20 years, 
started doing uh, hundreds of push-ups, hundreds of sit-ups every single day. And sure enough, I lost weight. But then after getting married and a couple of kids and, uh, you know, 45, 50, I put some weight back on uh, to the point that I was about 186, 187 pounds. Now, as far as I know, I was in good health back then, um, but maybe not as good a health as I'm in today. And, uh, and, and to try to describe that, I had a checkup with my medical doctor uh, about, oh, a month and a half ago, and this is in 2023 in September, and my resting pulse rate was 60, my blood pressure was 110 over 60. Um, my um, and and he said that uh, they took blood and all that stuff, and he said that my lipids, my uh, vitals, he said all of that stuff. He said a teenager or college student would be jealous of your vitals and your overall general health. Uh, he said, especially for your age. And I, I didn't like that word, especially. But uh, anyway, I think some of that, now I don't know of any bad health problems I had back then, but I think some of the reason for uh, all those great numbers and everything now is intermittent fasting. And, um, um, and I'll tell you what I did and then I'll share with you what the Mayo Clinic says and some people like that. But what I did is I started eating one meal a day, pretty much anything I wanted for lunch. I would do that for lunch. I took nutrition and protein and, uh, and greens and, and stuff like that for breakfast. And I did not have anything else for breakfast. Now, uh, they're starting today, just recently, saying, again, you should eat a big breakfast. But for several years recently, they've not been saying that. Uh, that was true when I was a kid growing up. They, You know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Eat a big breakfast, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, that went away for a while, and it's sort of back now. I'm hearing a lot of people now say, eat a good breakfast. Well, I didn't do that, but you can. And I, I'll share with... I'll share with you in a minute how you can do that if, you, if you'd rather eat a big meal for breakfast. But I eat pretty much anything I want for lunch, have uh, nutrition, uh, protein powder, et cetera, for breakfast. I do all nutrition for breakfast, anything I want for lunch, and then a snack at about five o'clock in the afternoon. And that's it, okay? And I really don't eat any less than I did before I did intermittent fasting. I just eat at different times of the day. And I started losing weight like crazy. I started having more energy. I started feeling better in almost every way, including emotionally, which I, I, I never felt bad emotionally, but I started feeling better, okay? And um, so that's what I did. And this is the first time publicly I've ever shared that. I mean, I haven't really been keeping it a secret or anything. It just hadn't come up that much. Uh, but that's what I started doing, and it's what I still do today. Now, why can that make you 
healthier. Well, uh, what some of you may not realize is that among our basic bodily functions, the thing that takes the most energy of anything is digestion. Okay. Um, now, if, um, well, let me not go there yet. Um, digestion takes more energy than anything. Okay. And it usually takes two to three hours. If you eat like a, a protein drink or something, that takes much less time. But if you eat like a regular meal, it's usually about two to three hours. And one thing you'll notice is if you eat a usually a pretty big meal, for the next two or three hours, you may be a little tired, a little drowsy, a little sleepy, uh, have a harder time concentrating on your work. That's because so much of your energy is going to digestion. Well, what does that mean? It means that that energy, some of it, is being taken away from your immune system. Now, why would that be? Because your, your immune system is, is, that is the highest utilizer of energy in your body besides digestion, okay? So those are the two biggies. So if your body needs more energy because you ate a big meal, it takes some of that away from immune and your immune system drops back down. So if you eat like most of us grew up eating, where you eat a breakfast at seven in the morning, then you eat lunch at noon, then you eat dinner at seven. I mean, your body is digesting nine, 10, sometimes even more than that, especially if you eat something between meals a day which pretty much means the only time your immune system has to really go at it and not just keep things level, but heal stuff that needs to be healed. Nighttime when you're asleep is about the only time you can do that if you're eating like those three meals a day normally. However, the meals I eat during a day are all within a few hours. I usually eat lunch at 11 because I don't eat a full breakfast, I'm hungry by then at, at like 11. And then I eat my snack kind of dinner that's usually a protein drink or fruit or uh, a small sandwich or something like that at four or five o'clock. So my digestion is happening over like six hours, which means my body has about 18 hours to do healing work that does not suppress my immune system. Now, let me go one other place here. Um, toxins are primarily stored in fat cells, okay? So if you're carrying uh, 10, 20, 30 extra pounds, like I was, uh, 180 something down to now I weigh about 150, so I was carrying about 35 extra pounds, um, I've got loads of toxicity in those fat cells, okay? So under stress, that toxicity sometimes starts to leak out of those fat cells into your bloodstream and other places and makes you feel bad because it's toxic. That's toxic material. That can be pesticides or herbicides from water and food that we eat that's not... Uh, certified organic and, and 
was and and they used those things so that the plants would grow bigger and faster and the bugs wouldn't get them and all that sort of thing but when we eat them we eat some of the, the those poisons those are all poisons so when those go into the body the body if it can't get them out of the body through sweat urine bowel whatever it tries to wall them away so that they're not affecting your internal organs and the really important functioning. So it does that in fat cells. It does that in your bones. It'll do that in um, in your teeth and under your teeth. Uh, a lot of times, uh, there's a lot of uh, very smart doctors that have done great research that believe today that a lot of diseases start as infections under your teeth. Okay, and um, and and that's another place the body puts toxins to try to keep them away from your organs like your heart and brain and stomach and kidneys and liver to protect those because those are absolutely critical. And if and if those get toxic, you're in trouble fast. Okay, so when you get rid of fat cells, you're getting rid of toxicity and poison and things that are bringing your health down in your body okay so um that's sort of my skinny if you will on intermittent fasting now let me go to the mayo clinic and here's what the mayo clinic says about intermittent fasting it highly recommends it and it says um eat a nor there, there's several ways to do it here's one way the mayo clinic talks about and i've never done this but i may try it eat a normal diet five days a week and then fast, but they're not talking about intermittent fasting. They're talking about fasting two days a week, where on those two days, you drink lots of water, maybe juice, maybe a protein drink, but not a normal meal, okay? Um, the other way is you can eat a normal meal and a snack but within like uh, an eight to 10 hour period, which gives your, gives your body 14 to 16 hours to heal things without having to take that energy away from your immune system in order for, for digestion to happen, okay? You can, um, you can vary this, however it works for you. You can eat a smaller meal at lunch, and a little bigger meal as a snack a few hours later. You could eat a meal at breakfast and then uh, just a little bitty snack at about two or three in the afternoon. Uh, you can vary this however you want, but it's not really about reducing your calories so much as just eating in a more condensed period of time so that your immune system has more time and energy to do its work and not just keep you functioning, but take you to optimal health over time. And the Mayo Clinic says that from intermittent fasting, you should lose about six to eight pounds per month. And that is huge, ladies and gentlemen, because you're not reducing your caloric intake. That's saying you're going to lose six to eight pounds a month without really changing your diet as far as what you eat. You're just changing when you eat, okay? Now, if you're not eating a healthy diet, 
I would highly, highly recommend that too. Okay. You want to eat good, healthy stuff. Uh, I love, I was with uh, Dr. Jordan Rubin most of the day today who owns ancient nutrition and is a very good friend of mine. And, um, uh, he is, he is into all of this and, and loves it. And, uh, his, and, and ancient nutrition's entire thing. They're one of the five biggest nutrition companies in the world. And their whole thing is food as medicine. In fact, that's their byline. And I think Tim likes that too. And mm -hmm. in his, in his, you know, thinking about health and, and, you know, all that sort of thing. But, um, so you want your you want your food to be benefiting you, not hurting you. All right. And I'm not saying don't have chocolate ever. Don't have ice cream ever. I'm an ice cream guy. I love ice cream. Don't ask me to give up ice cream. And Please. and uh, it was uh, it was just last weekend that I went to Sonic and got a large like a 40 ounce blast which is ice cream with Heath bar all in it. And I had three of those last week. Okay. On Ooh. Saturday, on Sunday and on Wednesday, it's my favorite, it's my favorite desserts and hope who is not doing intermittent fasting Ooh. remarked on Sunday. She said, how in the world do you eat that every single week? And you keep losing weight and being, unbelievably healthy. Well, I think it's the energy work I do with the Healing Codes and Trilogy. I think the most important thing to me is staying right with God. Um, that's the most important thing in my life, okay? But then a, a little part of that, and it may be more than just a little, is how I've changed how I eat through intermittent fasting. And um, I love it. I would never go back. Um, I used to eat pretty much what I wanted and was 30 pounds overweight. Today, I eat pretty much what I want and am 150 pounds with uh, vitals that are a little bit unusual for someone my age. So, um, Tim, what do you want to add to that? Well, brother, I, first of all, I don't know that I have a whole lot to add to that. I'm so proud of you. That was fantastic. Uh, re really nicely done. Now, let, let me let me tell you, let's start, I guess, at the end of where you left off there. You were talking about your, your spiritual relationship. Let me ask you, what other word in the Bible usually comes with the word fasting? What other word? Yeah, Prayer. fasting. Prayer. Prayer. And so when you look at brainwaves, which we have discussed, they're similar. Fasting helps you get into theta and that helps you with your he healing stuff. So that that's by design. And right. Alex, I'll just tell you a couple of things. I don't know that I need to add much at all to the fasting thing, but I want to discuss a couple of peripherals. So when people really struggle with intermittent fasting and and uh, and I'll give you uh, the little bit that I know. Tim, you're frozen. Oh, if you that could maybe just a different, little different. I'm sorry. You were frozen. You now? Yeah, but I'm I don't still... know if they heard what you just said. Okay, I was just going to tell you a little different perspective on uh, and wave me down if I freeze again. A uh, little different perspective on on fasting from what I know. When I tried intermittent fasting, I didn't do it for weight loss. I was happy with my weight, but I was trying to stay away from Walgreens 
and not take blood pressure medication. And so my father, my genetics, my dad was on hypertensives at 28. I have a genius older brother, and I say that tongue in cheek, who's 10 years my senior, who won't listen to his little brother, who started hypertensives at 38. Wow. So when I got 48, I spent a day with the cardiologist, and I said, look, I'm okay for the moment. You're frozen. I need you to check me from one end to the other. Uh, I, I said, I, I went to the cardiologist and I wanted him to check me. So I wanted to stay ahead of any possible uh, cardiac conditions just based on family history. And so he said, well, if you want me to promise you, you won't have a heart attack. I cannot. I cannot do that. You can have a heart attack in the parking lot. And I said, well, gee, thanks. And I <laughs> said, so I want to find out what can I do to, to make myself uh, as healthy as I can be to take care of my family and not have the health consequences that my predecessors had had. So that's when I got into intermittent fasting. So Alex, uh, you'll get my emails sometimes at 1 a.m. or 12.45. You know, I'm a night dude. And you rarely get emails from me at 4.45 a.m. because uh, I'm not up at 4.45 a.m. But, but so I tried to stop eating dinner and eat breakfast and lunch and not eat dinner. If you're a morning person, that is the best way to intermittent fast. And so uh, if you're 16 hours uh, with nothing and eight hours eating, or better yet, maybe 18 and six, where you do 18 hours of nothing and six hours of eating, it would be best by a small margin to do breakfast and lunch. But I was going to commit a felony uh, if I kept skipping <laughs> dinner. And I honestly, I just was too weak and too undisciplined to keep skipping dinner. So I skip breakfast and I have lunch and I have dinner. And I want to tell, I want to tell this for busy professionals. One of the things you just mentioned is that, and you perfectly said, I'm so I'm beaming like a proud papa when you were talking about one of the biggest energy consuming things you do is digestion. My mentor told me that when you're sick, uh, eating a big meal when you're sick is like chopping a rick of wood butt naked in a snowstorm. It is so hard on your body. It takes so much energy and puts you at a deficit that you're better off to eat very little and hydrate uh, tremendously with lots of electrolytes when you're sick and use all of your energy to repair your body, not to digest your food. Right? Right. Okay. Okay. So now if I go to Cracker Barrel and I have the triple bypass breakfast, on my way to work, <laughs> then, 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 I'm, then I'm going to have to digest with all my energy. And so when I see my patients, you're getting about half of me because the other half of me is spending all my time breaking down uh, all, all that material that I've consumed. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what, so what I do is I have no breakfast so I can give all my energy away in the morning and I eat enough lunch not to fall, not to faint uh, in the middle of the day, and I typically have my uh, lunch about 1.30 in the afternoon, and I have, uh, I have my dinner by 7.30. So I'm eating in a six-hour window, and I'll go about 18 hours with, with nothing. You're good now. Did you hear that, Alex? Yeah, okay. yeah, we heard so, it. You just froze for a second. Can you see this? Let me see if I can put it where you can see that. Can now you see can. that? Yeah. Yeah. I took a, I took a picture of my oh, lunch man. today. So that's half a green apple, half a red apple, 
a couple radishes chopped up, some celery chopped up. I did a little olive oil on it because you need fat to tell your brain you're full and a little uh, celery seed. And I put it in a Tupperware bowl and I shook it and mixed the olive oil around. And uh, that's, a, that's a really righteous lunch uh, for, uh, so I have meat the size of my palm of my hand one time a day. And, and, uh, uh, and that's at dinner. And I make my complex meal uh, that's hard to digest at the time of day when nobody needs much from me so I can spend all my energy digesting and not have to half listen to your question that you need me to help you with while I'm digesting. And so for busy professionals, instead of burping and belching and having bloating and indigestion during your work day, have very little and eat your big meal at night. And so I rule my small empire like King Henry with my turkey leg at night. And I have my big meal at night. And that's, that's for me. But the rest of the day, I, I do either nothing or just a vegetarian diet um, with some fat uh, in the middle of the day. And Alex, that's a fantastic way. Now, by doing that, uh, and I'd already had my weight kind of where I, my goal was, but my blood pressure is significantly lowered. And that is because of the rest that you get probably in the liver. And so uh, I, I would like to let you bounce anything you have off of that. And I would like to talk a little bit about liver. I would like to talk about when you're fasting, not what you're doing, but what you're not doing. And I want to give people some tips to be successful with fasting. But do you need to intervene here? You look like you will. No, I'm just, I'm just going to this. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I don't want really, I really don't want to share this, but this was me five years ago, 35 pounds heavier, just in case you want to see. So there we go. Uh, okay. Good brother. Well, you saved yourself some health consequences, but um, so here's what we see. Uh, if everybody's seen the commercial on TV about super beats, you'll have uh you'll see the uh, you'll see that they're they're uh, proclaiming that super beets is loaded with nitric oxide and nitric oxide is really good uh, for vasodilation. And the bigger the garden hose is, the less like. So if I put my thumb at the end of a garden hose, I can shoot the water across the driveway. But if I chop my thumb off, I can't shoot the water across the driveway because the diameter of the hose is so much wider the water will drop to my feet. So and it'll take you the about diameter, 12 hours to get the soap off your car too. Well, but the bigger the diameter, the lower the pressure. And so yeah. when, we're, when we're taking a workload off our liver, we're probably vasodilating. And that's probably why we're, uh, we're helping our blood pressure. Now, here's the other kicker. So this, this conversation about intermittent fasting uh, is probably better done on a keto podcast, okay? But now, let me just say this. Whoever told you guys that a keto diet puts you in ketosis, this is going to step on some toes, Alex. I'm not sorry. Whoever told you a keto diet puts you in ketosis lied to you. I went around for two years of my life peeing on chem strips trying to figure out what keto diet would put me in ketosis, and I could never eat enough keto to get in ketosis. I will tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, intermittent fasting will absolutely put you in ketosis. And if yeah. you can use ketones as a fuel source, you will get your glucose and glycogen stores melted down. And that's why you're losing weight, Alex, is because what you put on the reserve shelf in the warehouse 
got burnt as a fuel source and your body had to work hard to convert glycogen to glucose. Right. If you, if you ate sugar for breakfast, you would take your body's lazy. It'll take that morning sugar and use that as a fuel source. And then uh, you would, you wouldn't have had to break down your reserves and do all that work that takes all those calories. So that's the, that's the kicker. And I, I just want to make another comment. I have patients that sometimes go see Dr. Google before they go see Dr. Tim. And I hate Dr. Google. Dr. Google <laughs> will say sometimes that 12 hours is enough to fast. I totally disagree. I think 16 is the magic number. And if you can do 17 or 18, I think that you get bonus points and uh, we'll give you extra credit. But I think it takes most of us more than 12 hours, especially old guys like me and you, Alex, uh, maybe, maybe younger people. It takes, it takes most of us more than 12 hours to get into our glycogen stores to break it down to glucose. So let's shoot for 16 and then even 17 or 18 is where you're now. Let me, let me throw something else out. And this is huge. Here's why intermittent fasting works. Let's think about how our bodies work. When we go back to caveman principles, back in the day, Alex, if me and you were coming out of the cave together after we'd had a good chat at your cave or mine, pick a cave, and we go out, we hear the herd run by our caves, and we decide, oh, there goes dinner. So we go out, and we take our arrow out, and we pull back our bow, and we shoot, and we hit the whatever critter, and we drag him over to your cave, and we cook him on a fire. We'll eat lots of meat for three or four days. Right. But the next time we hear the herd go by, we'll pull out our arrow and we'll shoot and we'll miss. So whether we want to or not, we're fasting. And so <laughs> uh, so now we don't miss because we stop at Kroger. But but our bodies were designed sometimes for us to miss. And so primitive man sometimes had to fast and not for 12 or 16 hours, maybe for two or three or four days and it was no big deal that was normal caveman life okay but what we've lost from consumption is and this is the word that's my favorite word in the english language we've lost our ability to adapt and the big kicker with with what intermittent fasting does for you is it brings your body's ability back to adapt so my mentor god bless him uh rest his soul he told me, he said, son, if you can't work a day or a day and a half with no calories and feel fantastic and not fake a smile, you have blood sugar problems. Yeah. And I said, well, well, then I have blood sugar problems. And he said, of course you do. You're under high stress. You're an intern. You're not sleeping. You're eating out of the vending machine. you got terrible blood sugar problems. And so I, I learned how to reel that in and how to do some intermittent fasting and, and those type things. But it's, a, it's fantastic because it gives you the ability to adapt. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go, go, are you pausing? I, or? I, thought, I thought you had something. I, oh, I have ahead, a little more ahead. if you'll allow me. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Now, here's what I always hear from everybody is we go two, three, four days. I can't do it. I tried. I said, well, are you doing your intermittent fasting? And here, here's, let me translate, Alex. When they say, I'm trying, that means yeah. absolutely not. and so so but now here's the kicker when you feel rough from intermittent fasting here's a solution for the rough and it's easier than it's ever been before in the history of man so there's all these little things now like these little iv packets 
these LMNT packets, uh, uh, not so much Gatorade and Pedialyte because that comes with sugars, but all the electrolyte little solutions that they have. Most of your misery when you're fasting, I promise, I promise, I promise, is dehydration. And when I say that, I don't mean drink water, okay? You, got, you guys think I'm always drinking moonshine when I'm doing a podcast. Not, not just water, but electrolytes in your water. And most of the rough feel that you get why you can't make it 16 hours is because food has a lot of water in it. So it's not that you're not getting the food. It's that you're not getting uh, the hydration. And it's not just water, but it's the electrolytes. So if every single person, while they're not eating, will drink, 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 and not just water, but also every fourth or fifth serving, get uh, uh, the uh, electrolytes in there, you'll have much, 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 much more success with intermittent fasting. Yeah, well, um, we get these little uh, tablets. Uh, you can get them on Google. They're, it's a little uh, cylinder of little tablets. You put them in the water and it just floods electrolytes in there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I think uh, the biggest, everybody talks about potassium and sodium. And I honestly think the biggest deficiency when you're fasting is calcium. And that's probably supposed, you've heard the term hard water. Yeah. Hard water is taken out of the municipal pipes because it gums up the pipe and then we can't get water through the pipe. So uh, what's better than good water is well water uh, for all the English teachers out there. That was just for you. But when you get well water, it's mineralized and it has lots of calcium in it. And that's fabulous. If you have access to uh, uh, well water, if not, you uh, get some of those little electrolytes full of uh, calcium chlorides and you make your own. Tim, uh, Tim, someone just made a comment that for having nothing to say, that's a whole lot of good information. Well, so <laughs> you don't have nothing to say. Usually there's a 2.0. Can I keep going? Yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. And, and this is a big deal. So I feel like we have to talk about keto when we talk about intermittent fasting. And I really feel like fasting is the only way for our God-given pathway of ketosis to fuel our body. So your cardiologist should tell you to live in ketosis. You'll live longer. You'll live better. You'll have better energy. You'll have better mood. Uh, you have better sugar. You'll have better cholesterol. You'll have better triglycerides. Stay in ketosis. So now don't be a, geek, a keto meathead. If somebody tells you don't eat that apple, eat three pieces of sausage, be, shame on you. Be reasonable. And so, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, not a sausage patty. Nobody ever had a saying about that. So do smart keto, and, and, and there is such thing, and, and uh, you can do some uh, YouTubing on what smart, smart keto uh, really mean. But that being said, uh, Alex, there's a big trend with intermittent fasting and the carnivore diet. Can I approach yeah. that just briefly? Yeah. You know yeah, about this? Uh, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my wife Hope and I had lunch with Tim uh, not long ago, and uh, after, you know, just fun, how's your family, how's our family kind of stuff, we got into a little bit of shop talk. And I think what Tim is about to share is what is something he shared at that lunch that I had never heard in my life. And it was just, it was fascinating to me and fabulous too. And um, uh, hope is, uh, actually it, it inspired hope. Um, so yeah, go Tim. 
So um, I had a physician friend of mine and uh, we, he and I are, uh, we're, we're not like Alex. Well, we're full figured gals. And so I'm about five eleven and a half, and I'm about one ninety, and uh, so I'm uh, I'm a little little thick, uh, and uh, so uh, I was talking to my friend, and he's exactly like me. We're both he's five eleven and a half. He's about one hundred ninety pounds. He's a martial arts guy. I'm a martial arts guy, and uh, uh, I, I beat him grade point average wise, and I beat him in the ring, and I beat him in everything he did. So we went to a seminar. And he, he, we show up, he's beautiful, and I'm a full-figured gal. And I'm sitting there going, brother, you look fantastic. You look so much better than I do. What are you doing? And he said, well, I'm on my eighth week of a carnivore diet. And I said, a um, what? Uh, and he said, a carnivore. He froze for a second. Tim said carnivore diet. Yeah, so a carnivore diet is exactly that. You eat meat. And Alex, you know what else you eat on the carnivore diet? what nothing you eat meat and so which sounds uh, crazy you, you have to it sounds crazy and so you know back in when i was training uh when we took your first beginnings of your cardiology courses they would talk about well you can't eat steak and you can't eat pork and you can't all that will give you a heart attack well <laughs> so come to find out uh, uh so this guy uh, 190 pounds uh, five foot 11 and a half for two months, he had meat and he had water. Okay. Now in, in his definition of animal, animal protein and meat, he's a big egg guy. So I guess if you fudge and say, uh, I, I define meat as anything that used to have eyeballs. Okay. So yeah. if you think about it, an egg could have eyeballs, uh, if we had a happy rooster, right? So, so, uh, oh, animal can protein. I add something right there, Tim? Sure. Sure. Um, I had lunch today, as I said, with Jordan Rubin, who's a good friend of mine, and he's one of the top nutritionists in the world. He started Garden of Life. That's a top five nutritional company. He owns Ancient Nutrition with Josh Axe, which is a top five nutritional company. Both of them are, both of them are valued between $500 million and a billion dollars. And um, Jordan told me today that he eats six raw eggs every day. Not not every day of his life, but for a period of time as he's doing this, but in a different way. Go ahead, Tim. So uh, Jordan's brilliant, and there's only one food on planet Earth that has all nine essential amino acids, to my knowledge, and that's eggs. So uh, uh, Jordan knows that, and he's smart. And my formulas that you discussed with Jordan today, if you notice, had a lot of meat parts. And Jordan yeah. was probably humored about uh, what's what's up with this guy. But but uh, but but anyway, the basis of this is is that when we're doing a keto uh, complete, um, uh, when we're on that carnivore diet, we're forcing our bodies to stay in ketosis if we're doing it with intermittent fasting. So what happens is a lot of the placking on the inside of the arteries, a lot of the intravascular fat resorbs. So you'll get uh, blockages. Every, every single person on this podcast, the number one likeliness of us all dying, if we stay in the United States and we keep living here, the number one cause of death 43 years in a row is heart attack. Yeah. Number two is cancer. Okay. Both of those are associated with dietary things. We can fight back, but what we need to do is we need to get that intravascular fat reduced out by, by living in ketosis. Now, 
why does the carnivore diet work? Is it what is it what you eat? Maybe. But I think what it is is what it isn't. And what it isn't is when you're doing the carnivore diet, you're not eating bread, you're not eating chips, you're not eating pretzels, you're not eating croutons, you're not doing cookies, crackers. My, what we refer to that is is white trash. Okay. Yeah. So if you cannot do the bad thing and and do the other. Now, here's the kicker. There are uh, one of your cohorts, uh, Alex, and I don't know if you know. Do you know Jordan Peterson? Um, you know who he is? I don't, yeah, I know who he is. Um, so a lot of YouTube stuff. He's I, I don't know him personally. He's a smart guy. He's not a nutritionist. He's, a I think, clinical psychologist uh, by training. A uh, uh, really good motivational speaker. I got nothing to say about Jordan Peterson other than to quote one of his one of his podcasts, and he said that he was on the carnivore diet, and his daughter was on the carnivore diet, and they were stricken with all kinds of health problems, and he had psoriasis and eczema and all these things, and they all went away on the carnivore diet. But he's he's not a clinical nutrition guy, so he said, "Hey, does anybody out there know why?" So if you have his phone number, have him call me. But here's why. When we have, remember the parable of fishes and loaves? So yeah. Jesus was the first biochemist. We've had more loaves than we've had fishes. And so when we have more omega-6 fatty acids from loaves, we have an inflammation in our body. And when we have more omega-3s from the animal protein, then we, then we repair. And so when you're doing carnivore, you're not doing white trash. Now, here's the kicker. If I get hit by a train and you guys never hear anything from me again, do I recommend that you live on the carnivore diet? And me personally, I say no, but I think it would be great for you to do a period of time on the carnivore diet. My friend dropped 12 pounds in two months. I'll bet anybody on this podcast tonight $10,000 and we'll let Alex weigh us. He's the most honest guy we all know. I'll come over to his house and I'll weigh and I'll weigh again in eight weeks. And if anybody wants to bet me 10 grand, I will bet you 10 grand uh, that I can lose 10 pounds in, uh, in eight weeks. And I can do it seven different ways. No, no problem at all. I can follow just about any diet and pull that off. I could do no diet and I could just buy spandex and I could pull that off. I'm positive. Here's what was remarkable. Not only did my friend lose 12 pounds in eight weeks, he lost 10 and a half percent body fat in two months. I did not know as a nutrition guy for 27 years of practice, I didn't know that was humanly possible. In eight weeks, this guy went from so much worse than me to so much better than me. And don't think for a second, I'm gonna let him get away with that. And so uh, I'm going to force my body to adapt and I'm gonna do that carnivore diet and, and uh, for a period of time and not too concerned about weight loss, but, but would really like to have that percent of body fat drop and, and live in ketosis and mix that with my intermittent fasting. That would be, now here's what's cool. You'll eat less food, you'll buy less food, you'll spend less money. And when you're full of fat and uh, protein, you'll be less hungry. And so this is an economics lesson in addition to being a clinical nutrition lesson because uh, it, it makes things uh, easier all the way around. Now, uh, let's see, Alex, what are we leaving out? I don't want to leave anybody out. One uh, last thought. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
One last thought for me, and I'll let you have it. So there's an enzyme made in the colon called cadaverine. Alex, do you know what a cadaver is? Yeah. Do you want to be one? Well, I probably will be someday, but well, I'd rather well, not. I may donate too, but not anytime soon. And so how's the country song go? We all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to go now. So, so, uh, the, uh, the enzyme cadaverine, which probably turns you into cadaver goes way up in your body when you're doing only meat. So I really think, don't know for sure that it's probably safe to do for eight weeks before your cadaverine goes up and starts to give you changes in the tissue in your colon, but certainly two, three, four weeks. And think about that. Remember, why, why do we know that's okay? Well, we wouldn't be here today if that wasn't okay because all of our ancestors pulled yeah. out their arrow and pulled back their bow and shot. They took meat to cave over fire and ate meat. And that's why we're all here. And so we know for a fact we can do that a week or two or three at a time uh, maybe up to seven or eight weeks. But I would say this, if, if you're already got really high body fat, really high body weight, really high blood pressure, really high sugar, what, what is probably more beneficial than having something that raises your cadaverine is probably lowering the bad stuff. And so it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, uh, uh, when, when you first get saved, you got to stop doing bad stuff, but you got to start doing good stuff. And so we want you to stop doing white trash and start doing the, the, the good stuff and live in ketosis. And so, Alex, that's pretty much all of my nothing that I have nothing to share tonight. So I, I, I hope somebody got something out of that. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, yes. when, you were, when we were having lunch and you were talking about this, you used the word reset related to that carnivore diet. Um is that something you want to talk to or, or would you prefer uh, to? No, sir. And thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, I always walk away from these and go, what did I forget to say? And that's it. Uh, so, uh, okay. So when, when we hit the reset, I, I, I think one of the really good words that maybe we could replace with reset is adapt. And so when we, uh, when we have uh, everything going in the wrong direction, we have hyperinsulinism, uh, from too much carbohydrate. We have uh, exhaustion in our adrenal glands from trying to break down all that protein when our uh, fatty liver is getting even more fatty because we're trying to pry some more stored carbohydrate into the back corner. What this program does is turns all that, we call it, Alex, we call it doing a 180. You're going down the wrong road. We're going to make a U-turn and we're going to reset the system so that you can adapt and your adrenal glands when they're not exhausted from having to deal with all the carb stuff can adapt your liver uh, instead of being a fatty liver can rest and produce nitric oxide and adapt your triglycerides that are three molecules of sugar bolted to one fatty acid can go the other way and adapt and so we're, we're resetting our bodies to adapt so that if we shoot and miss and we have to go four days without a critter we can make it. But right now, most people can't make it by missing one meal, which which is really means you're in a crisis health state. Yeah. Um, we have a question for you, Tim. Um, are eggs bad for an older man's prostate based on some studies I've read? And that's from a gentleman here. 
Okay, I'll be uh, perfectly uh, uh, revealing when I answer this. The answer is yes and no. Okay, right. now, Alex, do you remember? I'm sure he's satisfied with that. Yeah, no, so let me, let me elaborate. Uh, remember, you, we, we were told when we were little kids, you are what you eat. Yeah. Okay, I like to make everybody, and I bet Jordan Rubin, I'm, I'm positive. Uh, I just know Jordan Rubin is an egg snob. Okay. And and, yeah. And I'll tell you what I mean by egg snob. You are what you eat. Eats. Okay. So the premium thing I'm going to do on the carnivore program is I'm going to eat grass fed beef because animals are biological magnifiers. So I am too lazy, Alex, to get down on my hands and knees and graze five acres of grass. I am not going to eat five acres of grass crawling around on my hands and knees, but I'll be happy to shoot the animal that does skin him, drag him back to my cave, put him over the flame, and I'll let him do all the work for me, and I'll eat him. So if I eat grass-fed beef, that's the pinnacle. And if I eat uh, 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 flax-fed chicken eggs, I will have a rocking profile in my egg. And if I do grain-fed chicken eggs, that's a miss. And so that's the rest of the story. Okay, another question. If uh, if you're going to do a carnivore short-term adaptogen reset, how often should you do that? Once a year, once every five years, how often would you suggest? What a great question. And, and so the answer is, it depends. If your labs, uh, cholesterol is good, your sugar's good, uh, your blood pressure is good, you're good. But if you start to lose ground with those things, uh, then you're not adapting. And if you're not adapting, you have to reset. Right. Okay. Um, wonderful. Thank you so much. And um, so what? Uh, if you have a question, uh, write it in. I think we just had another one. Um, and the same person says, and I'm not... They're saying organic eggs don't qualify, question mark, question mark. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Do you know? Uh, I would. I I don't know. I'm guessing okay. they're just trying to uh, uh, say that just because a chicken or hen is not given antibiotics or hormones does not necessarily. Oh, doesn't change that. I'm sorry? Doesn't change that. uh well, so, so yes, we don't want you to have hormones. We don't want you to have antibiotics, but right. just because you don't doesn't mean that you were fed flaxseed. So we still want good sources of uh, chicken feed. And then we have another question. Do you have a protein drink that you recommend? And yes, we do. Laura, if you could put up the ancient three pack, please. Um, we've shown you this before. Um, this is what I do for breakfast. And, and honestly, you could live on this, okay? Uh, and uh, I've shared before, I've talked to world-class nutritionists, uh, MD researchers who have said this supplies 100% of fruits, 100% of vegetables, in normal situations, 100% of calcium, plus about 95% of all specific needs over and above that. Um, which is absolutely monstrous. And, uh, 
and this is a new formulation. It's not ever been available in the world until now. Tim made a comment a few minutes ago. We can do this better today than we've ever been able to do it. And um, uh, I think I think we're maybe uh, having trouble finding that. Uh, over on if you if you click on the chat button at the bottom, you'll see on the right a link. Uh, that takes you to that uh, three-pack nutrition. Here it is. And by the way, this is made by Jordan Rubin and Josh Axe at Ancient Nutrition. But here's the thing. We sell this cheaper than they do. And it's because they're partnering with us in a program that, that I'm doing with Tim uh, for chiropractors, naturopaths, spas, et cetera. We're trying to build the largest natural health network in the world. We believe we'll be successful at that. And um, so on the right are the super greens plus your daily vitamins. In the middle is collagen peptide proteins. And that's what I use for my protein drink, a scoop of that. I do a scoop of the collagen protein, uh, a banana, some uh, dry peanut butter. That means it doesn't have the sugar in it. You can get that at Costco and, and Walmart and a lot of other places. And then um, a little bit of ice. So uh, peanut butter powder, protein powder, a banana, uh, some milk, uh, organic milk, and some ice. And let me tell you, it tastes like a milkshake that's not as cold. It, it tastes delicious. And then on the hey, left, let me jump in on this just for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, in my in my background, I've trained a lot of athletes and a lot of uh, uh, I was team doc for 14 years and a lot of muscle guys. And uh, so we w one of the things that I think people are thinking about, there's a tremendous marketing push when you walk into a nutrition supplement store for whey protein. And the yeah. reason that everybody tries to get you to buy whey protein, there's 22 amino acids and three of them make you build skeletal muscle. They're called leucine, isoleucine, and valine, and they're known as the branch chain amino acids. And so there's all these formulas for BCAAs, and they're in different ratios, and our ratio's better. Here's my, here's my honest to God, hear me now, before the train runs me over, this is what you need to know about whey protein. If it has whey in it, go the other way. Mm -hmm. Run. That stuff is loaded with yeah. pro-inflammatory proteins that are uh, that in the leaky gut situation cause a tremendous amount of inflammation. If I could get Jordan Rubin to tell the truth, and, and I don't know him as well as Alex does, so I probably can't get a confession out of him, but, but I would love to know how on God's green earth in that collagen powder that Alex has got on the screen, he fermented an egg. I know how to ferment grains, grapes, beer, I know how to ferment all kinds of things. How do you ferment an egg? And I bet Jordan will take that to his grave and never tell us because that's one of the things that makes that so special. So it's a really fantastic product. Now, Alex, I do a scoop of that in my coffee every day too. And I feel really righteous about my coffee. Yeah, so in the morning, in the morning, I do a scoop of the greens, a scoop of the collagen and water, mix it up, drink it down. And I do one of the ashwagandha tablets on the left, and that is for neurological and emotional. So in these three, you get emotional, structural, and chemical, all three. It, it's really fantastic. And, and the, 
the world-class MD researcher that I talked to about this and sent him the, uh, the formulations, uh, and I've shared this before, he said everyone over 40 should be doing this every day. And he said, I, he said, this is a breakthrough. I've never seen anything this good. Everyone over 40 should be doing this every day. And this was one of our very early podcasts. So you may not have seen these, but let me tell you, I started, I started taking, I started doing this a year ago, as soon as they came out. And, um, you know, it sounds crazy when you look at me and it sounds crazy when I look at when I was born. But ladies and gentlemen, I feel like I felt in my 20s. I really do. And I think part of the reason for that is that I've been taking the three combination thing here uh, for a year. I've been doing intermittent fasting for five years. And then I've been doing the healing codes for uh, 23. So that's my that's my secret. And I believe you can do it, too. So well, Alex, I think most guys your age are thinking about retiring and you're thinking about perspiring. And so I think oh, uh, yeah, man. I, I think that uh, you're headed on the right track, brother. And I want to. So, Laura, you can take like that you, down since you're much, much. Older than me. All right. So um, let's see if we have any other questions. Um, I think we've answered the ones that we have. Tim, any last words? Yeah, I'd like to recap, and when you walk away tonight and you want to go, what do I do? Well, what do you not do? You you don't you got to have eighteen hours a day, and this is this is what I tell everybody. I said, listen, I never do anything wrong for breakfast. The reason I can say that is, and I don't do anything. And so, if you don't do anything, you can't do anything wrong, right? And so. Uh, the best thing, and this is the craziest thing, it took me 27 years in practice to learn that the thing that makes me feel the best when I eat it is nothing. When I am right before breaking my fast is when I feel the best. My energy is fantastic. I'm not bloated. Uh, I'm focused. Uh, I feel fantastic. So the less you eat, uh, we, we got all kinds of problems from overconsumption. So Here's the blue, uh, the, the, the playbook. You got to have uh, one meal a day that you can get rid of. If, if you are much more disciplined than me, skip breakfast. There's some research that says eating, uh, I'm sorry, uh, eat breakfast, eat lunch, skip dinner. That's slightly better than if you skip breakfast, eat lunch, eat dinner. Make it up in your mind. You got to eat lunch. So those of us who are working, uh, not retired, if you'll make your lunch really small, you won't steal your energy away from your occupation to spend on digestion. So that little thing I showed you guys is a really righteous lunch. Have a salad, but always get a fat in. That's the key. Fat keeps your brain told that you, we call it satiety or being satiated. Fat tells you you're not hungry. You have to have fat. Alex likes his peanut butter powder. You have to have a fat to tell you you're not hungry. That's how you don't fail. And you have to stay hydrated when you're not getting food because there's so much water in food that you're not eating. Make sure that you're staying hydrated. And then have animal protein uh, for your meal that you are having that's not during your work day. And uh, you can uh, uh, get all those amino acids that are necessary for neurotransmitters. And that's a really actionable, smart keto game plan that will benefit your health. And those are all freebies. And if you do this, 
your grocery bill won't go up, it'll go down. Uh, we have comment, intermit uh, intermittent fasting uh, works to bring down blood sugar. Um, she asked, how come I can't find the ashwagandha from Ancient Nutrition at my vitamin store? I have no idea, but I will tell you that Josh and Jordan tell me that's one of their very top sellers, and it's one of my very top sellers, and ashwagandha is like a cortisol control miracle. It is a cortisol fat. blocker. It is fantastic. So if, if uh, by and, the way, Alex, ashwagandha yeah. is the top herb that is adaptogenic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, those those three the the collagen peptide proteins, the green plus one daily, and the ashwagandha. You can't eliminate any of those. You need all three of those. So. Um, uh, anyway, use this information uh, for intermittent fasting, maybe reset your system on a for a short period of time with a carnivore diet. And I, oh, I was going to share one thing. I had a healing codes client from a young lady who's one of the most beautiful, um, one of the most physically beautiful women you would ever see in your life. In fact, she was a Hollywood actress and um, she collapsed. And oh. for the next three years, she was bed fast, basically living in a bed sheet with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, all that sort of thing, was in terrible pain. Uh, she couldn't eat hardly anything without reacting negatively. And she had been, a, I mean, as, as a lot of actresses are, she had been on this basically a strict diet of caloric <laughs> intake for years, okay? So... When someone suggested to her, and it wasn't me, when someone suggested to her to do a carnivore diet for a period of time, man, she, that was like uh, the devil to her, man, because she didn't eat me at all, but she was desperate. So she did that, Tim, and it changed her entire life. Her allergies and sensitivities went away. Her chronic fatigue and all got better. Uh, today, she's living her life uh, vibrantly, uh, Doesn't is not held back by any of that stuff anymore. And that's one of the main things she credits with turning that around. And she was totally resistant to it, did not want to do it at all. But now she's a big proponent because it, it, it and she'll even say in some ways it saved her life. So nope. uh, this is this is great stuff. So uh, that's it for me. And we're three minutes over. Sorry about that. But consider intermittent fasting. Consider resetting your system for a short period of time with a carnivore and get on those nutritions. They will change your life. Uh, that's it for me. Uh, thank you, everyone. God bless you. Have a good evening. Alex, see you, brother. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. God thank bless. Thank you, Laura. Bye-bye.